0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with the Jeffrey A. Bogue.
1: Hello, young people.
0: (laughs) How are you this morning? (laughs) My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hi, Jeff.
1: Hi, Joe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I never think through how I'm going to mess with you before or after, and yet we do it almost every time. It's
1: instinctual,
0: Joe. It is is a little bit instinctual. (laughs) Yep. A little poke the bear action. Jeff, my favorite memory, matter of fact, of poking the bear is uh i don't know if you remember this this would have been like 10 years ago all right we were still in our offices over on embassy okay okay and i was working with somebody at their computer like kind of standing there like hovering over i'm like oh yeah you know do this do this do that and you come up behind me and you just start like poking me. Yeah, and I turn around and just throw you over yeah, my shoulder. Yeah, it's hilarious. And uh, I'm <laughs> literally lifted like, me off the ground. And then just kept working with the person <laughs> in their computer. And uh, you haven't poked me much since, which I appreciate. So I'm yeah. kind of glad. You know, as of our last uh, episode, that was maybe the appropriate amount of self defense that I. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that that's right. On you. I don't know if you could do that now, Joe. I've gained weight. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> But I've gotten older, so there's always those factors. Uh, there's, it's amazing how much you always think you can still do things.
1: Oh, I know until the
0: time that you're proven wrong.
1: I know, uh, like because the body is still as fast as the mind is still as fast as the body used to be, is what I always say. Like I'm gonna make yeah. this cut. If, like I'll be playing basketball. I'm like I'm gonna make this cut. Guess I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, I forgot to bring the ball with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I just did that at, um, you know, I'm I'm not a little guy and. M- I want to be careful how I say this. Maybe compared to the normal, average person, I'm usually a little stronger than they are. I'm just couching that in a weird way. But I went on this men's retreat with one of our other campuses a couple months ago. Yeah. And we were doing this, like, I forget what it's called, but you basically put your feet on a board, and then you, like, hold on to a a stick. Okay. And then you both pull on it until somebody's pulled over to the other side of that thing between your feet. Okay. And I— that old like fired up competitive side of me is like, I got this. Yeah, I don't got this. <laughs> like it was amazing how many uh, people. Uh, I only did it like three times, but I did not win once. Oh wow! I mean, they, and I'm like, well, I'm either getting old or it's all technique. It's I've had never done it before that moment, so I'd like to believe that it's all technique, and
1: I just don't know it yet. Well, but... I say that about everything that I can't do anymore. <laughs> every, every time I every time I lose something, I'm like, it's all technique. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, I got better things to invest my life in. All you do is study how to play Monopoly. <laughs> that's all about technique. Oh, that's
0: good. Uh, well, our question comes from one of our listeners today, um, and um, you know this this is a big deal. I could like actually sense it in in their question that they're just really wrestling through this. And our listener asks, "Can you lose your salvation?" And then he gives the context behind. It. He says, "A good friend of mine has a brother." That grew up in a church in a loving, caring, and Christ centered home, he feels that his brother accepted Christ as a child and was saved by grace. Then, fast forward to today, his brother no longer attends church regularly, makes some unwise life choices, and is no longer walking in faith. My friend thinks that his brother is going to hell and has lost his salvation. I feel that we're saved by grace, and that our salvation can never be lost. While his brother may not be an active Christ follower today, I don't believe he's lost his salvation and is going to hell. Do you have any thoughts or insight into this? I do have thoughts
1: and insight, Joe. Thank, Thank you, you for, for asking.
0: your submission today. We'll see you next time.
1: <laughs> um, it's a big question, and this is how I would answer it. Uh, can you lose your salvation? The answer is no. The the question is, so if you have received your salvation and the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is given as a deposit guaranteeing uh, our place in heaven. So the Holy Spirit is a non-refundable deposit. Like yeah. it, it, So when, when I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of God, um, that is my that is the evidence of my salvation. Yeah, you right? can't look at God and say, hey, your check didn't clear. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So so the answer to that is no, you cannot lose your salvation. The answer is also yes, you are saved by grace. It's a gift of God. It is not a reward for our good works. So the yeah. Bible is crystal clear about that. So the question you're asking, you're really asking is, is what what is going on with this guy? And... um I'll answer it, and then I'll only answer it if everybody right now promises to listen to the rest of this episode. Mark so, Stellar, that means you. Yeah, that's right, Mark Stellar. Um, so raise your right hand, repeat after me, I promise to listen to Jeff. Okay. Yeah, I whispered it. Cause it's awkward. <laughs> but. Okay, cause it's, I love
0: it that even our producer over here yeah, raised Jan's her right, right, right hand <laughs> and mouth the words
1: she's locked in, too. <laughs> um. Th- this is why this is important because to understand what's happening in this this person's life, you you have to get into some of what Jesus described around things concerning our salvation, and probably the the metaphor that he, or the parable I should say that he used the most brings the most clarity to is the parable of the soils. Mm. And so it's not salvation that we're talking about, it's reception of the gospel okay. that we're talking wow. about. Yeah. And so the Bible says that, this, that uh, there's soils, there's a hard soil, there's a thorny soil, there's a weedy soil, and there's a good soil, right? Mm-hmm. And then as you, as you read through the parable, Jesus lays out the parable, and he, then he even gives the explanation to it. He's like, the, the hard soil is like when you throw seed on a on a path. It's hard. It doesn't penetrate. It's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, the thorny, thorny, thorny soil and the weedy soil is when you throw seed, and it takes root, but it gets choked out by the weeds. Uh, then you can throw seed, and, and the birds can take it. Somebody steals it, doubts, questions, other religious viewpoints. And then the good soil is like it's it's prepped, it's clean, the seed takes... The seed is maintained, it's nurtured, and it, and it grows a good crop. So what happens, I think, a lot of times is we can mistake salvation for the reception of the gospel. So the gospel is something that can be received. Um, the gospel is something that um, can be mimicked so I can act like the gospel has affected me when it hasn't okay. fully hasn't taken root. Think Judas. Sure. So nobody but Jesus thought that Judas was going to betray him. Sure. Right. Um, <clears throat> and and you put that into a culture, the culture of a family, and the cult and a, like a Christian subculture, and someone can act as if. Uh, the gospel has taken root when really it hasn't. And uh, part of the reason why that makes a lot of sense to me is I would say that that was my story. Mm -hmm. So raised in church, given the plan of salvation multiple times, would have received the gospel as information, Christian school, Christian home, really understood what to say and do, but had the gospel taken root to where it was it was um, uh, overtaking my life. So what, what the gospel does in part, when it takes root in good soil, it's like a, uh, this is a little bit nerdy, but it's like bamboo. So what bamboo will do is it takes such root somewhere, it chokes out the rest of an ecosystem. Mm. And so that's what the gospel does like in a positive way, when it really takes root. It chokes out selfishness, and we just call it the sanctification process, but it's choking out sin in my life, right? So I would say that that gospel did not take root in my life Mm -hmm. until I was a junior in college, and then from there forward I've watched it choke out those things. Now where it gets confusing is this. There's also... um, uh, in that parable, gospel that's mixed in with weeds. Mm-hmm. So there's wheat and weeds, and so there's this unanswerable question. I don't know the answer to it, but it's how good of a Christian do you have to be to be one? Yeah. And the Bible would say um, there's some kind of latitude in there because the the those with good soil, you have to separate the weeds from the wheat. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, Jesus says, he's like, when, at the end of time, I'll separate the sheep from the goats. That's the weeds from the wheat, the sheep from the goats, the, the impostors from the real ones. And so that's why, as a Christ follower, I don't judge your heart. I can look at the fruit of your life and say, hey, Joe, if you're a Christ follower, is that what you want to do? But I can't judge your heart. And it's where you get into people like King David and King Solomon and Moses and Abraham and these guys. Like uh, I like to joke that most of the back most of the Bible heroes wouldn't have passed a background check at Grace Church, right. right? But David was a man after God's own heart. Moses was not allowed to go to the Promised Land, but he was a friend of God, mm-hmm. and God Himself buried Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham was a guy that uh, he was a liar. He was a deceiver. He gave his wife over sexually to another guy just to get out of trouble, and then the Bible says it was credited him as righteousness, the depth of his faith. Mm-hmm. So like, how good of a Christian do you have to be to be one? Like, I don't know, and that's not my determination to make, that's God's determination to make, okay? You have the weeds, you have the good soil, that one's probably the easiest, and then you have the path, and the path is a place where the seed sits, and, and it sits as information, and it might sit as subculture, it might sit as family pressure, but it never takes root. Mm-hmm. And what happens is eventually that is snatched away by the birds or it's blown away by the wind. That's how people can grow up, quote-unquote, as Christians, and then later on in life they throw all that away and, and they, get, they get rid of it. So your friend's brother, I'm like, yep somewhere in there is what's going on in his life. It's interesting. I was having a, a conversation with a friend the other day, and she's a person who has, I would say, gone through a deconstruction process. And uh, I was talking to her about it, because uh, it's been uh, a few years. So we're just catching up. And I, I, by the way, I asked her if I could talk about this, uh, because I just found it so fascinating. So she was all for it. But... Um, she uh, deconstructed her faith and on the surface, it might have looked like she walked away from Jesus. but she said this she said, over the last few years of as I've deconstructed my faith, what I found was the my the part of my faith that actually is a part of me hmm. And it was interesting she would say, I didn't make it a part of me. I realized these are the things I actually believe. Mm-hmm. And she said just a, a couple, three months ago that she she decided, I do believe in Jesus, and I, I do believe in the gospel. Now, she would be real open and say, I don't know if I believe in the Church, I don't know if I believe in evangelicalism, I don't know if I believe in, in what everybody says this means or that means— but I do believe in Jesus and mm. I believe that he loves me because I realize that is a part of me mm. and it's a part of me that I can't let go of and don't want to let go of. And I'm like, that's really interesting because that means that that, that seed has rooted in her life. Mm-hmm. Her behaviors and her definitions of what the Christian life should look like have not rooted in her life, and I'm like, does it have to? Hmm. And what does that look like, and how is, what does that mean? And, at and what it, speed, Or yeah. Yeah, and it was just a really—she's a really good friend. I really love her, love, appreciate her a lot, old friend. And We were meeting in my office and talking about this stuff, and, and uh, I'm like, yeah, that's a really interesting conversation to, to think about. So I believe that the gospel can be present without it taking root, Jesus said the gospel can be minimized because of the weeds of our life, and then the, he also said the gospel can flourish, okay? Mm. So I do not believe that you can truly receive the gospel and then turn your back on it. Mm. So uh, I, I don't believe you can lose your salvation, and there was a, in the church I grew up in there was a term called backsliding. Yeah so i used to really walk with the lord then i back i slid backwards and now i don't i'm like no um i don't and i don't believe you can be unchanged by the gospel Mm. so like even my friend who's like i she went through a several year process of deconstructing but she wound up she's like yeah i'm still changed by jesus like i can't deny that so i don't believe that the gospel can have no effect on a person because mm-hmm. if you're if you are the temple of the Holy Spirit how can the Holy Spirit be inactive in your life I'm mm-hmm. like no but can that show up a bunch of ways yes mm-hmm. um, is going can it show up by not going to church I think it can um, can it show up by not holding to my same ethic about uh, sex and sexual issues and Uh, money, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I think it can. I think that's where you get into, like, Solomon's sexual ethic was pretty horrible, Mm -hmm. but he was a wise king and loved God, and God loved him. David's sexual ethic was pretty hellacious. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think we have to... You know, I like to say, let the Bible say what it says. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. It's there, and it's what God says. Um. So I don't think somebody living differently than I want them to live automatically equals they're not a Christ follower. I do think that um, love creates change. Mm -hmm. And um, when Jesus was like, if you hate your brother and you say you love me, you don't love me. Mm -hmm. You know, when Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So when I totally ignore what God says or wants or desires, I'm not sure I love them. Mm-hmm. And if I if the love of God is not in me, then my then salvation is not in me. If the
0: whole yeah, if the whole conversation is about that relationship that Jesus is restoring through the act of the cross and his resurrection offering us salvation, and yet we want nothing to do with the relationship that's been restored. The question is, have you given yourself over to the relationship that was right. offered to you? Yeah. And so you would uh, assume that if I'm loving God and loving others, or if I'm having that baseline experience and reaction to the salvation Jesus has given me, then my life is going to at least start, however slowly, figuring out what does that look like and how am I going to be changed? You, you know, Paul says again, you're a new creation, uh, there's going to be new things, and so um, I, I, I'm totally tracking with you. I, I, I really appreciate a lot of the clarity you brought to this, Jeff. How how would you interact with the person uh, in this case? How would you interact with the brother? Would you, you know, just encourage him like, "Well, it's okay. Like you, you've ex- had a salvation experience when you were a kid. Like let's just keep, you know, moving on." Or mm-hmm. is there something else?
1: So the Bible says we're not to judge each other's hearts. Mm-hmm by that means salvation, it does say we're supposed to judge each other's fruit. Mm. So the first thing, if this is my brother, I'm going to look at him and say, do you consider yourself to be a Christ follower? Mm. Um, And if he says yes, then I'm going to press into that and say, okay, walk me through this, that, and the other thing. Um, And that, that conversation is going to go a thousand ways, sure. right? A thousand different directions. If he says no, then I'm going to agree with him, <laughs> and I'm going to say, okay, uh, you know, do you, do you want to be, or how can I help you be? And if he's like, no, I don't care, then I'm going to interact with him as a non-believer, mm-hmm. which means I'm going to interact with him uh, with gentleness and respect. I'm going to pray that the Lord would bring him to himself with his kindness. And then I'm going to wait for the no brainer moment when he asks me for the reason for the hope that's within him. I'm not going to withdraw relationship. I'm not going to make him be the awkward person out. Um, I'm not going to subtly uh, make slights. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Jesus would want you. <laughs> um, but you know, if you're at my house, we're going to pray before dinner. Mm hmm. Um, if you're at my house, this is what we're going to But when I'm at your house, I'm not going to expect that out of you. Sure. So it all depends on how the brother would answer that. hmm And if he would answer yes, then I would want to know what's missing. Are, are you are you questioning things? Is your heart hard? Are you in rebellion? Um, and I would say you may have an opinion about that, Um and you might be right, you might be wrong, because we are to judge each other's fruits. I, Every time I want to judge somebody fully by their actions, I just run into these examples in the Bible, and I'm like, these guys are disasters.
0: Well, so much of, you know, you get into some of these, like, uh, hard passages where Paul is, like, telling the church, stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing that, and you're like... These are the people that are following Jesus, and Paul's saying like, hey, can we stop doing some pretty crazy things?
1: Yeah, the immorality among you, trying to believe. Yeah, I I think with the brother, uh, here's my biggest uh, challenge to the person, is I would say this, just don't be passive. Mm. So what happens is people stop honoring Christ, they walk away from the Lord, and the family goes and talks about them behind their back. Mm-hmm. And the friends are like, can you believe what so-and-so said on Instagram? And I'm like, call your friend, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk to them, hear them out, share your concern. I was just talking to somebody about this today. Uh, there's some concern over something in, in the family. And I, I basically was like, have you made your point? Do they do they know that you're concerned? And they were like, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay, that's good." From here on, you're harping mm-hmm. because your opinion isn't being asked for. So what what we were saying was, um, you had a concern. You can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Voice your concern. You've done your job until the next door is is open. So yeah. I would just say like, don't be don't be passive about the whole thing and and um and also don't pester it's ultimately Mm -hmm. god who's gonna do this and they're gonna have to respond to him or not yeah jeff something you said
0: made me think of um a potential response that someone uh, might give if you said you can ask them like well do you see yourself as a christ follower and if that person would respond no i don't I've been in conversations, As a matter of fact, I had someone do this in my life, because my story is kind of similar to yours, um, where I would have said, you know, I, I was not a believer growing up. Mm-hmm. And I've had certain people in my life say, no, you were. Remember when you, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I might say, that might be one of the most unloving things you could do, is tell someone else, no, I promise you're saved, because of that one time that you did the one thing.
1: Yeah, I, I would not yeah i would not give a false sense of security um i also would not give a unfalse security you know i, I have i've uh, interacted with many people over the years tragically who've lost children and they lost children in in the midst of their child's rebellion mm. And they'll say, I know when they were nine years old, I prayed with them. I was there, and Mm -hmm. it was sincere. And now they're, you know, 20, and they've died of tragic circumstances. Are they in heaven? And I I will say to them, uh, and basically they've said, should I take confidence that they're in heaven? And I'll say to them, that is what we know. Mm -hmm. We know that they prayed. We know that God is a loving God. And I see a lot of people in the Scripture who went through years of rebellion, mm-hmm. and your loved one didn't have enough runway in life to swing out of it. The idea—I had a, I had a guy just recently say to me, he goes, uh, I had told a funny story about speeding and getting pulled over in mm-hmm. church, and he goes— uh, if if Jesus came back while you were speeding, would you go to heaven? I said, yeah, I just get there faster, <laughs> you know. And uh, and he go he goes he goes. That's not what I was taught growing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, because me <laughs> yeah, because a lot of us were taught like if God catches you and you're sinning, you're, I'm like, well, then there's no way you're always sinning. Yeah, it's your nature. So, 100. percent When you look at the scripture, there are people. Who go through seasons of rebellion, that God says that guy is a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. There are people who go through seasons of failure. Moses, and that and God says that guy is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are people who do the wildly taboo thing. Peter yep. denied Jesus in the middle of his suffering, like right. as the least faithful thing you possibly do, and he was restored by Christ. So there are times that people do that, and I'm like, yeah, and sometimes they lose their life in that process of rebellion. They accepted Jesus when they were a kid. Are they in heaven? I'm like, as far as I know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as far as I know, it's not my call. Um, you, I'm thinking of a friend of mine, you had that interaction with your kid. Mm-hmm. Should I put hope in it? Yes. Put hope in the Savior right? who's a loving and gracious God. Jesus is not trying to keep people out of heaven. Mm, right. He's trying to get them in. So, like, what is my kid's eternal soul? Because there was no fruit, because I'm like, I I don't know, mm-hmm. but I believe you, mm-hmm. and I believe that that interaction, I think nine-year-olds can accept Jesus. hmm that's what we know. So yep. we're gonna go with that. And and I wish I could give you a hundred percent help. But how many um how many uh people never find Jesus but live a morally clean life and die? Right. Right. And you would say, Well, they went to hell. Good people go to hell. And I'm like, Yeah, they do. Well, how do I'm like because it's not about our morality. No, it's not about how well we live the life. It's it's about the Son of the Living God and mm-hmm. the salvation that He offers. So I look at my friend and and my friend is like I'm I ha, I know my son understood that and believed that as a nine year old could could I'm like go with it man because that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same basis that I have for my salvation, and your kid may have died. Um, through a substance, and I just died being a jerk on a highway. Sure. We're both sinners, and we're both dependent on the absolute grace and the mercy of God. Yep. So that cannot be lost. You mm-hmm. just heard, everybody has heard me get fired up. <laughs> that cannot be lost. Yep. It can be rejected. Mm. And that's what I mean, it can be mimicked, mm-hmm. right? And so that faith being our own... God is the word of God is the seed, the soil is prepared by Christ. There's a receptivity to it. The sheep and the goats are together, the wheat and the weeds are together, and this is why we depend on the grace and the mercy of God. What I can't see. Is I can't see anywhere in Scripture where someone says I was a follower of Jesus and now I'm not and don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And us looking and saying, "Well, they accepted Jesus when they were going to heaven." I'm like, I'm not sure they did, because mm-hmm. I, I think if you, I, I think if you truly accepted Christ and you have a clear mind, because there's wounds, there's drugs, alcohol, those kind of things, and you're making a conscious decision. I, I don't see an, I don't see a way to be like, ah, they're just backslidden. I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. So it's it's a complicated question. It's a very easy question. Mm-hmm. Can you lose your salvation? No. Everything then beyond that, how do you receive your salvation? It's a gift. Everything in there then is mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's that's why Jesus talked about that stuff so much.
0: Yeah, I love how Jesus talks about faith as a mustard seed because it's so tiny. Yeah. And the whole point was it's not that well that tiny seed's so powerful. It's no. It's what do you have faith in? Right. Faith in our Heavenly Father. Faith in the work and the love and the life of our Savior Jesus. Like that's why the faith is powerful because of what it's in. Yeah. And they're the ones that hold our lives and hold our salvation. So if our faith is in them, it's an Rock easy question. Solid. Yep. Yep. So good. Well, thanks so much to our listener for submitting that question. I hope that was helpful for a lot of us. Um, And if you have questions that you'd like us to address, you can always send those in at bath.gracechurches.org slash messages And if we can help you take any unique next steps or answer any clarity, follow-up questions, we'd love to do that. Just reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a group of people to come follow Jesus, to come work out that faith, to come figure out how do I allow that seed to take root and grow more deeply in my faith, you can join us here at Grace Church. Check us out in person or online. Thanks so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to see God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.